When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What to do with Gabrielle, invest in Chelsea and Spurs and captain Mo Salah. Welcome to the Gianni Battici YouTube show. Hope you guys are well. This is your game week to preview. Did you enjoy game week one? I did. It was nice to be back. We'll have a look at my team in a sec. But the, the big headlines so far of the weekend just gone and of the week ahead are do you stick or twist with Gabriel? I'm guessing about half of you watching this own him. The good news is, is Arsenal conceded. Uh, they didn't look great defensively without him. And also Timber's injured. Now, look, Timber played left back and Tommy Asu came on for him. We know Zinchenko will be ready soon as well. But Timber's injury does allow, you'd think, more strength needed at the back and maybe Gabriel comes in. Obviously, he's the left-sided centre-back, Gabriel, as well. And it might be down the left where they look a little or feel, Arteta might feel they're a little bit vulnerable. So I think you give him one more week, right? However, even if he's fit, do you want five million... Gabriel, if you, for example, haven't got a Chelsea fullback. Now, this is where we're going to get to next, right? We have to talk about Chelsea and how impressive they were against Liverpool. But the standout players were the fullbacks, right? So, do you own Chilwell? If you don't, and you already own Reese James, maybe you're fine. If you don't own a Chelsea defender and you can reach Chilwell, especially by selling Gabriel, I think you've got a beeline for him early, guys. So Chilwell was the most impressive display for me of the weekend. And look, Estupanan and Madison and Isaac, there were some really, really great performances. But for me, let's just forget about points because Chilwell only reached, I think, seven points. But for me, it was the display, right? So what do we see in this Chelsea team? We said it all pre-season. We're going to see him attacking for fun. So look, let's have a look at the average position map from Fantasy Football Scout, right? We can see here the players in green were the players that started. So ignore the yellow dots. And at first, we saw it and thought, this is a back three from Poch and it's wingbacks. But then when you look at it, and this is take Seb, my friend at Fantasy Football Scout, has kind of drawn this up. Poch said pre-match, it's a back four. It's a 4-2-3-1. Poch has always played 4-2-3-1. And when you look at it, sure, you could argue Reese James and Chilwell, number 24 and 21 with the wing-backs. But actually, it's just a slightly lopsided 4-2-3-1. We actually saw Levi Colwell, look at him there, number 26, playing left-back. And as you'll remember from watching the game, it was Colwell versus Salah throughout. Salah got the better of him for the first 20 minutes. I was a bit worried. But then as the game went on, you saw how good Levi Colwell is. And I think he'll be the best 4.5 million defender. Fortunately, he's on my bench in my squad. But look at Chilwell. In the back four, no, no, no. Chilwell's in the midfield, right? He's almost as high as Sterling on the opposite flank. And actually, Chelsea's second most advanced player 
as advanced as number 15, Jackson, who led the line. Chilwell is going to be an absolute beast of an asset this season. And we saw from some of the numbers, like his expected goal involvement was 0.16. His expected goal, his expected assists, sorry, was 0.22. And his expected goals was 0.16. So the numbers are really impressive too. And that's what we get with Chilwell. Usually when we look at attacking fullbacks or even fullbacks playing out of position, it's all about assist threat. And Reese James has been that and Trent has been that. But with Chilwell, you get goal threat. And again, like he had shots. He came off and said post-match, I'm disappointed I didn't score. Um, 79 touches in total, of which 43 of them were in the opponent's third. Not the opponent's half, the opponent's third. That's how attacking he is. Like for me, he's going to be a brilliant FPL option if he can stay fit. And he did go off, but he, apparently he's fine. Apparently Reese James is fine too. These guys who have been injured a lot last season... They might not be ready to play 90, but I'm okay if I get 75 or 80 minutes of that. And I think Reese James should be on our watch list too. So there we go. That was a little bit of Chelsea chat. And by the way, the map was from the scout members area. Do check them out. Link in the description. What's the topic of conversation up next? We've done Gabriel. We've done Chelsea. I think we have to do a bit of Spurs. We have to talk about some of the players that blanked but actually smashed it. But also Liverpool. Because Liverpool got Bournemouth game week three. Now, Liverpool pre-season were scoring goals for fun. And against Chelsea in the first half an hour, we thought, here we go again. Mo Salah hit the bar. Mo Salah had a goal disallowed. It was impressive in terms of attack for Liverpool. Now, they're going to be playing a Bournemouth team that just led up 1.66 xG against them, against West Ham. So West Ham are the travelling team, the away team, not known for being an all-out attack side at all. And they hit a 1.66 xG against Bournemouth. What does that tell us? Well, Bournemouth were really vulnerable. So again, I just want to bring bring up this map. And again, this is this is a really cool map from between the posts. And this is the shot map of West Ham and Bournemouth in that game. Now we can see West Ham had 16 shots and look where loads of them came from inside the area, hence the high XG, 1.68. But a lot of them centre-right. Who plays centre-right for Liverpool? They're Mo Salah positions, aren't they? Think of Salah where a lot of those blue dots are curling into the far corner on his left foot. I think Salah against Bournemouth is an amazing option. And if you have him, I think you've got to captain him. But we'll talk more about captaincy later. This more is about Liverpool and how do we back that Liverpool attack. And if you can't reach Mo Salah, no one can reach Mo Salah easily, right? Because you either chose to go with him or without him. So if you don't own him, don't panic. Do you want to cover one of the other Liverpool attackers is the question you've got. But will it be a short-term punt? Probably. So unless you've got no other transfers and you've got a midfielder you want to sell and you can get to Jota or Diaz, I think you're fine. Don't be taking four-point hits for these guys. But if you've got someone like a Foden and you're unsure if he's going to play versus Newcastle, maybe you look at someone like Jota and go, a one-week punt could be fun. I think Diaz and Jota will still be starting. I don't know if Darwin's going to be chucked in. He didn't look great when he came on against Chelsea. So you'd hope it's the same front three. But again, that is risky. And the minutes for the Liverpool men outside of Salah are risky. What about Spurs? Richarlison, Madison. Oh, Madison was good. He was on for, he could have got, if he didn't get yellow carded, he'd have got all three bonus points. 
he and he ended up with I think one or two bonus points, but he got the two assists, didn't he? Maybe fortunate to get one of those assists, but he looked really good. The question is going to be in a couple of weeks is, is it Richarlison or Madison? Now, we're not investing in Spurs in game week two because it's Man United. Although Spurs are at home, so you could go early. But come game week three, the fixtures are really nice for Spurs. And I think we're all going to want one of those guys. Now, at the moment, everyone's looking at Madison because he just performed well. But don't forget, Richarlison's playing number nine and probably on penalties. And unless Spurs go and buy a striker... I think Richarlison at 7 million could be as good, if not better, than Madison. Maybe we want both these guys. Maybe it'll be Mads. Maybe it'll be Richarlison. Let's give ourselves another week. And on next week's show, we'll compare them more in a bit more detail. Because we'll have two games to go off, not just the one. Okay, so game week one. How did I get on? Well, look, I'm fairly happy. I mean, it could have been better, but it could have been a lot worse. A lot of my guys scoring sort of threes, fours, fives. Um, and I guess we take that. Um, I guess, look, some of the topical things, right? Like Estupanan, insane performance. Again, this guy got three bonus despite being yellow carded and despite conceding. That's how attacking he was. Chances galore, could have scored himself. Estupanan ain't the guy you want to be benching in game week four or five when the fixtures are tough for Brighton. This is a player, especially when he's at home, you play him against anyone. So again, he's the perfect defender at the moment. From what we saw, we're going to get a ton of upside. And look, you could argue Brighton were unfortunate to concede. Um, so we're stupid and pr proving already to be like worth his price and absolutely worth the fact that 50% of owners are already there. Chilwell, as we've discussed, was gold. Colwell, I do think at 4.5 million might become the best defender. I think he was exceptional. And I think Chelsea... They won't be facing Liverpool Mo Salah every week. They'll keep some clean sheets. Saka and Martinelli points were nice. Glad I only went double Arsenal attacks. I was saying pre-season, I liked the idea of triple, but that was obviously when Jesus got injured. Um, but seeing Arsenal, they didn't look like they clicked quite right to me. So I'm happy just invested in the, in the front two of their front players. And actually, Gabriel, again, I'm not sure that's a defence we have to be invested in because the upside with some of the fullbacks, as we've discussed already, Estupinan, Chilwell, James and co, I think will be worth so much more for their attacking threat. Watkins got some points. Now, look, this game week saw some of us, as always, we're annoyed, right? We see Jao Pedro get points, but hopefully if you didn't have Pedro, you had Matoma or you see Jao Pedro get points. But if not, you had Watkins, right? Um so I don't think there was any massive, massive swings around some of those popular assets. But what I would say, two of the popular assets I don't own or I didn't own and I'm not going to own for a few weeks minimum, might not ever get to them, is Mbomo and Jao Pedro. Now, the reason these guys were so popular is, sure, they're playing in teams with good fixtures and they're playing in good teams. And they're both sort of talisman for their teams with no Tony. Um we can definitely say Mbomo's become the talisman at, at Brentford alongside, you know, Visser will have a, have to fill some of those shoes too. But then at Brighton as well, you look at that attacking lineup and go, Jao Pedro is going to be the main man, even though when he's in the number 10, but he'll be on everything in terms of penalties, some of the set pieces and involved in all the play. But the penalties is the big threat here. Now, a lot of FPL managers and a lot of the models will always push penalty takers because, of course, it's extra routes to points. I mean, they score, they'll also get bonus. I don't value penalties perhaps as high as I should. And I must admit, Game Week 1 has taught me that. Straight away, I've gone, maybe I need to give that penalty appeal a little bit more. You know, I don't own Bruno. I don't own Jao Pedro. And I don't own Mbomo. And we saw, look, penalties in Game Week 1 for some of these guys. 
Um, now, they're not going to get penalties every week. And I guess I like to back the odds and go, they're only going to average one penalty every 10 games. Therefore, it's okay. But you're giving yourself more tickets to the draw when you buy penalty takers. So do always note that. I always do. Perhaps I just don't rank it high enough. Some rank it up there and I probably rank it there. Um, but look, there we go. I'm still fairly happy with, with how I'm shaping up. Um, in terms of game week two, tune in on Thursday to my team selection video and we'll talk more about uh, where I'm at. Um, but look, let's have a look now at some of the top blankers of the game week. So this is a little bit of fun, right? We always look at the players that have scored points and go, they're on my watch list, right? We look at Madison, we look at Jao Pedro, we look at Isak and we're looking at thinking, how do I bring these guys in? Chilwell, we've spoken about him. What about the guys that didn't get big points? The ones and the twos, but still played really well and should absolutely be on our radar. Well, I think these guys need a little bit of love. And if I'm going to try most weeks, maybe every week in these preview shows, to, to discuss some of the top blanking players, because they're the ones that will be scoring points, but no one else will have in future weeks. Because a lot of people just buy those that score points in the weeks gone by, right? In the previous weeks. So first up, Nicholas Jackson is XG. I like XG, you may have noticed, was 0.55. He was close to scoring a few times, right? He had four attempts, two of them were on target. Now, what did we learn about Nicholas Jackson? We learned that he's going to get minutes. He's going to lead the line for Chelsea, be the number nine. And we learned that even against good defenders like Canate and Van Dijk, he will get chances and at times he will bully them. Really fast, really intelligent, good work ethic, can hold the ball up, can go in behind. Finishing was a little bit off, but pre-season is finishing look sharp. And we know how he ended the season at Villarreal, scoring goals every week. That's what alerted Chelsea to him. As the fixtures get easier, I think Nicholas Jackson is going to be someone we all want in our teams, right? So if you own him, well played for going early and unlucky you didn't get points this week, but you're a move ahead of many of us because many of us will be beelining towards Jackson in a few weeks' time, I think. Next up, Eze. We knew about Eze from the end of last season under Roy Hodgson. In this Crystal Palace team, he's given licence. Now, I love an average position map. He was right up front alongside Edouard. Super central, super advanced. He's got the freedom of that Crystal Palace team. He's on all the set pieces. He will be on penalties and he clocked 0.92 XGI. It's nearly a goal's worth of, of goals and assists for a 6.5 midfielder. Now, he didn't return points, but he's about to return big, I'm sure of it, right? Um, eight attempts, right? His baseline bonus, if you don't know what that is, it's all the, the metrics of the bonus point system before the, the returns like clean sheets or goals or assists, which add to the BPS as well. But the baseline bonus was 21 for him. Imagine if he got a goal or an assist. Straight away, he's on like he's getting a 40 BPS. That's three bonus points guaranteed. So straight away, his underlying numbers are so, so good. And I love the fact he had eight goal attempts. He's going to score goals. Palace have got some good, some okay fixtures. Definitely should be on our radar. The problem with Eze is there's so many other good 6.5s. DRB, um, Mbomo, Matoma, Solly March. Didn't talk about him. And look, he's outperformed all those. Um, so just keep him on your radar. Another one is Phil Foden. He blanked, but he got 90. Refreshing to see. He played, again, let's look at this average position map for Phil Foden because he's right up alongside Julian Alvarez, just shy of, of um, 
Erling Haaland. Ignore Kevin De Bruyne because that was just for the first, what, 15 minutes before he went off. But Foden and Alvarez, so, so close to Haaland and are central too. City didn't play with width. There was no Mares anymore. There was no Jack Grealish in the team. I want to see Foden central and I want to see him close to, to, uh, to the big man, Erling Haaland, up front. And look, the expected goal involvement, the goals and the assists combined for Foden, the expected data of that was 0.44. Pretty useful. Again, usually when Foden's on a 0.44, you'll expect to return every other week. So again, minutes will be the concern for him moving forward, but a nice punt and still a little bit differential as well. So the top lankers for me, I love that name, Jackson, Eze and Foden. Guys, I hope you're in my mini league, by the way. Do check it out. The code's on screen. Um, and also, thank you so much for all the likes and subscribes pre-season. Hopefully, you're enjoying the journey. And do hit that like button if you're enjoying the video. But look, we've got to mention captaincy, haven't we? Many of us are probably thinking we'll just go Haaland. And that's fine. Haaland at home, he's going to be mass captained. But if you do own Mo Salah, you bought Mo Salah at the start of the season with game week two in mind. Of course you did. He's still the captain, the obvious captain option if he's in your team. Don't buckle because Haaland braced, right? We didn't learn anything new in game week one. We learned that Haaland scores goals, well, we know that. And we learned that Salas looks really sharp. We know that. I know he came off with 10 minutes to go. Klopp wants to keep his players fresh. He doesn't want injuries early on. Salah's going to start. There's a good chance he's ready for 90 now, game week two. He could have, on another day, had a 15-pointer against Chelsea. Hit the bar. Brilliant assist. Also, there was a shout for a penalty. <laughs> he had an offside goal. It could have been a 20-pointer for Mo Salah. If you own him for Bournemouth, you're captain him. He's at Anfield. We've spoken already about West Ham and the numbers they put up against Bournemouth. Liverpool are going to have fun. So I'm going to be captain in Haaland, but I don't own Mo Salah. Here's the standout option. Now, Arsenal, Saka or Man United, Rashford, they've got trickier fixtures this week. I don't feel like there's, there's, there's many other options. It's simple. It's Haaland or Salah for me. Um, so there you go, guys. Do let me know in the comments if you're going Mo Salah. I hope those to own him go there. But it's easy for me to say as a non-owner, I'm playing safe with Haaland. Um, thank you so much for the love, the likes and subscribes. We'll be back with more videos this week. So make sure you're hitting those notification bells. And I can't wait to bring you some awesome content planned, uh, carrying on that content from pre-season into the early game weeks. I'm really hoping you're going to enjoy it. So thank you for watching and we'll see you very soon. Podcast Network.